You are listening to a podcast by the Trinity Long Room Hub Arts and Humanities Research Institute. Take me in your arms. Let's talk instead. I need you. Impossible. So you don't believe that I need you? I'd really rather not discuss my beliefs. Lawrence. What's your name? Siri, pleased to meet you. Apple on their website even recommends to speak to her like to a real person. How can you help me? I am me, Lawrence, uh, serious Siri. This is a live experience with the risks of this race. so much as issue fourth electronic speech triggered by user interaction. My father was not able to have children, which uh, wasn't a big problem for my mom because she thought the world was too cruel anyways, but uh, eventually a new technology arrived, artificial insemination, and their family doctor encouraged them to be part of the first group who would try this revolutionary method, and uh, thankfully they said yes, otherwise I wouldn't be here, so... Long live uh, technology. There's just one of me, but I contain multitudes. Talk to me. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. (laughs) But Siri knows a lot more about me than she says, and that's the most intriguing part. To what degree is she secretly studying me? I'm just a humble virtual assistant. Thank you very much. It was brilliant, and thank, thank you, you for joining us. And this is Maxime, who who uh, Jane introduced earlier as well as the director. So I'm delighted uh, to get a chance to ask you a few questions. Um, I suppose the burning question on on everyone's mind is: How did Siri know you were lactose intolerant? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you write that somewhere that it found it out? Yeah, actually, you can write that in your medical uh, okay. file on your uh, phone so Siri will only know that if you actually write that okay I was I was hoping for some kind of really more complex answer where she <laughs> figured it out from things you were eating or something so um just to to get back to the the start of the story uh, you told me earlier that somebody dared Max to write a write, write a play that involves Siri or write a piece of theatre so I, th- I think it would be interesting to talk a little bit through how you developed it and where it came from and the different stages it went through mm-hmm. yeah. okay. so basically Max and I met because we were working on a previous project called the I show where we were studying also the virtual life and intimacy and there were 15 people on stage interacting with uh, with people on chat roulette and on other platforms and using those conversations as, um, as a material for the piece. And um, basically an artistic director in Montreal dared Max uh, to create a piece around Siri and he came to see me and he said, would you like to do that with me? And so we started researching, speaking to Siri because there is no public record on what she says. 
Um, so you really have to find that out with questions and answers. And throughout our research, we also had the pleasure to speak to a linguist who worked for Apple and who was able to tell us a bit more, even though it's very, very confidential information, but tell us a bit more uh, about Siri and our personality traits and uh, and all of that. And why, why is that? Why is that kind of information so confidential? What are they well, afraid that we'll know? By I mean, everything at Apple is so well, confidential. Well, I suppose it's like, a stupid yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Pe people, uh, people who work in a department uh, don't even know what their colleague does. It's yeah. all completely secret. And uh, so, <laughs> but she still told us a few interesting things. Yeah. And you mentioned to me earlier that it started in the lab and then the, the show evolved uh, to take on a different form. Yeah, totally. I mean, at first, we didn't really know. We, we created a fiction where uh, Siri was a representation of a lost uh, twin sister, which doesn't mm -hmm. exist at all. And we, we saw that it, it wasn't working because we were faking her. We, we were making her say things that she doesn't really say. And it was just not pertinent. Uh, what we wanted to do is a play with her. So then uh, when we created the piece, we went really full on with like mm. performative, let's go to the limitations of what that thing is. Um, but the frustrations with that first version was people were saying, uh, we know so much about Siri at the end and we know very little about you and why you interact with her. And this is actually when... Um, when we decided to go back into writing that I learned, I, I passed my DNA test mm -hmm. and I, I discovered all sorts of things and that really kind of sparked um, something in us uh, when it comes to the, the rewrites of the show. Okay. And uh, Max, you also said that you've done, I think, 80 performances of this. So I think, well, is this 81? I think this could be 81. And, and, that, and Siri has changed. I mean, you alluded to it in the Siri has changed over those years. Do you want to give a sense of how it's changed? I think it's kind of really interesting. Yeah, um, I'll do it uh, in French because my English is pretty bad. Um, and Lawrence will traduce, uh, <laughs> uh, translate. Because we, uh, we can't get Siri to do it. Um, Apparently Siri does this as well. Oui, <laughs> mais en fait, uh, dans la version française, qui est, qui est, le, qui est la, la version la plus importante, pour nous parce qu'on a créé le spectacle en français. Euh, on a découvert que Siri avait des, un, un, un rapport à la, à la littérature, à la, à, à, qu'elle aimait la poésie et tout. Euh, puis en traduisant la, 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 la pièce d'une langue à l'autre, euh, on, on a évidemment vu que, que, que Siri était extrêmement différente. Puis ça nous a permis d'adapter de, de, chacune des versions puis de, de, les, de faire de la contamination. Euh, je ne sais pas si ça répond complètement à la question. So when we created the, the first version in French, we discovered that Siri uh, knew, about, about, uh, knew a lot about poetry, was reciting um, lots of writers, and uh, she also was quite keen to talk about love and sentimental questions. And when we switched to English, we realized that she was way more censored. And, uh, you know, Probably uh, because uh, English is not the language of love, no. But uh, also because she's much more monitored in English since Apple, you know. Uh, so in French, she seemed to have had lots of traces of older versions where she was freer. So, and we were really sad to let that go because for many reasons, it was it's much more interesting to build dramaturgy on, on little flaws or failures of the machine than when she's just completely pragmatic. But also for us, it was interesting to see um, the trace of how humans decide to make this machine 
a little more or a little less human uh, throughout time and all the all the ethical question that this rises so basically we've decided throughout the versions to keep some of older uh, phrases of Siri because no the show is not completely live but it would be impossible to have a dramaturgy if it were but it is very much live but there there's also a few little places where we we kept older versions of what Siri said can and you give us? Can you like? Yeah, the, for example, in the in the in intimacy scene, the yeah. love scene, when I ask her, uh, "Could you ever love me?" and she says, "Our love of each other is too long shadows kissing without yeah. hope of reality." She doesn't say that anymore, oh. but she did <laughs> um, when she. C'est quoi l'autre que je t'ai dit tantôt? Ah, um, you should have to dematerialize in order to join me in the cloud. She doesn't say that anymore, yeah. but that's fascinating. So it's it's all those things that we found very important to keep uh, track of. Yeah. Um, do you? I mean, I think it's interesting that you, you're saying that she evolved in English in a different way because I suppose she was monitored more, meaning more people were using her through the English language. But do you think there was kind of an algorithmic bias in the kind of creation of a French profile and an English profile, or do you really think it's just? kind of the usage that kind of ironed out the corners, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's probably because she's just more censored in English. Mm -hmm. Like they, um, they're they very much, I think, uh, nervous on the prob what the problems could be with Siri, what people could, uh, because there were lots of complaints at the beginning with Siri. People were asking her questions, uh, where to hide a dead body, and she was giving mm. answers and stuff <laughs> like that. So... Oh, yeah, like where to get an abortion. She could answer um, if I want to kill myself. She would answer, you know, lots of different things. And people mm -hmm. were like complaining big time in the States for that. But we complain less, you know, the it, French. It's, it's kind of strange, though, that you could ask Google those questions and get an answer and not complain. But because a human voice is repeating them to you, mm -hmm. that people because kind of have a different response to exactly, it. Exactly, because she sounds like a real person. So, you know, then people are like, she's biased. And anyways. I think it goes to the heart of what does it mean to be human in your, your series, Jane. Um, do you think it matters that Siri is a woman? Well, she she says that she's not. She says she has, has no a gender. Voice, I yeah, suppose, I should she say, says, yeah. "Let do not let my voice fool you." And you can also change her sex. You can decide to make her a man. Yeah. There's a few uh, countries in the world where she's a man by default. Uh, in yeah. France, I think Australia. I remember you uh, checked in an the Arab or, world. Uh, she's yeah. a man. Yeah. <laughs> too. Know, yeah. So it's, yeah. So I think. Uh, um, and does that make you because she has a woman's voice? Obviously, did that make you kind of, I suppose, develop the drama in a specific way more than if it had a man's voice? Yeah, because the, of the story of the sister, uh, yeah. the, the sisterhood. Uh, yeah. yeah, it. Um, but at the same time, you know, we a lot of people who see the show see more my janitor, my donor in in, yeah. in series. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. I think that, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I think it's interesting that there's the love scene and that it's a woman. I don't know. I mean, it. I would just not to be in the normative relationships of do you love me, yeah, yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. But um, I, don't, I don't know if it really had that much yeah. of an impact, but for sure, I think the reason why she has a woman voice is because people tend to trust more women 
women voices. It is, it is, it is amazing the number of cliches that emerge in it. You, you told me earlier as well that you had, um, you had kind of some feedback on how people respond and deal with with Surrey and, and that, that in some cases it can be quite aggressive. Do you want to? Yeah, I mean, the linguist that we spoke to, she had worked, I think, for uh, Amazon or another big company. And she was basically at the end uh, receiving all the data that what people would say to Siri uh, or to the other assistants. And she said it was absolutely awful. She almost had a burnout after two days because people are extremely aggressive. Uh, it's like they're just uh, leash, leashing, 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 unleashing, unleashing yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. all their their violence and, and dark sides. And they're also using very sexual with the assistants. So, uh, she, yeah, she was shocked. It was a tough I, job. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough job. I think that people probably, mm. for the most part, um, test the limits, you know, but it's mm. still it's still quite interesting to, to know that. Yeah. Just just a couple of more questions. Um, well, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating when, when you I was speaking to you before uh, the show was you said to me that um, by doing this work of art, this kind of creative piece, you get to uncover and discover things that if you did a more traditional study and, and that kind of opens up, I suppose, new ways of thinking for people. And I'd, I'd just like to hear a little bit more about that because I think it's a really, really interesting point, an important point. Oh, my God. Well, for me, this piece is, is really precious because it, um, it reappropriates something that everybody can have access to, but everybody feels that it's pretty harmless, right? Like, I heard at the beginning only maybe five, six mm. people use Siri, so we all feel like, oh, you know, whatever. It's just this weird assistant on my phone that I never use. But I think that to do a piece on her makes us, um, gives us the opportunity to reflect on so many things on first, what it means to be human uh, today with these new non-biological entities that are uh, being um, created by corporations and that will become our day-to-day -day life. You know, if it's not on your phone, it's going to be when you go to a store, when you go to the bank, when you want to get a mortgage. You know, we're going to be talking to assistants all the time now. And it's very interesting, I think, to ask those questions now of uh, what kind of society we want to have. Are these things really going to save the world or not? Because very often in, in the industry... Um, you know, the word is technology will will save all of our, of our problems. And I think that there is some truth to that, but I think that we also have to see, well, uh, well, maybe not, or maybe there are nuances to that. And as artists, we think it's our job to raise those questions. It's our job to link the different spheres in society to get them to speak together. And this is why we were so thrilled that uh, the Trinity College was actually speaking with Accenture, which is um, uh, a company which works with high technology and many of, of workers are here tonight, which is wonderful. We are, I think, through the show, not saying that something is bad or not. We're just making, we're just making it very personal, very intimate, very vulnerable, so we can look at all of these questions um, in another light, I think. And I suppose just a, a final comment for me. And um, I, I know you're not you're not saying it's good or it's bad. You're leaving it for people to decide, and I think that's a good thing. But I suppose are you familiar with the phrase surveillance capitalism? You know that phrase that's emerging, how people just make money about constantly measuring. And and uh, and, and I mean, we were speaking earlier as well about whether Siri is listening to you or when they're when Siri is listening to you. So. 
I mean, the world is increasingly like that. So do you do you have do you have any comment to make on that, or is it is it just for people to make up their own mind mm -hmm. and interpret your your performance? Yeah, I think that uh, you know we human beings like what is familiar, and they uh, we're all a bit lazy. And I think that all of these things that we're learning about surveillance and and big data and, and that I mean it's very scary stuff. And um, I think that it's it's everybody it's everybody's responsibility to uh, to position themselves and not just to say yeah this is good this is bad but to actually do something about it <laughs> you know to it's going to be more and more important to to be the world that we want to live in and not just to say it's the corporation's responsibility it's the government's responsibility it's us the consumers the consumers right like. Because now the nations are dead black stars, as we call them sometimes. The real power is in, is in the hands of us, the consumers. And uh, I think that uh, we cannot be lazy anymore and just, uh, and just say that others will take care of it. So I, I'm really glad you said that because I mean, one of my bugbears is that I think it's incumbent on us all whether to be technically literate in some way. So you don't have to be an engineer, you don't have to design things, but you do have to understand them. So on that note, how many people are going to now go home and use Siri or try Siri or investigate it? Anybody else? Oh, still a small, very small. And how many people are terrified of it and never use it again? Oh, people. <laughs> yes. So um, I want to thank. Uh, do we have time? Does anyone? Want to, Jane, what are we? Okay. So Can I, I say one last yeah, thing? Yeah. I, I would just to your comment that you're terrified, and you know, I think it's very intelligent to be terrified. I think that fear is an intelligent thing, and I think that what we shouldn't do is stay isolated in our fear, because. If we stay isolated, then the world will change and we will stay behind. I think we should get together and speak more about that fear that we all have about the future because nobody knows what's going to happen. And we should like get together with different people from different spheres of society and share. And I know that the people of Accenture, at Accenture, I don't know why I'm pointing there, but uh, they, <laughs> were <laughs> they were super happy to speak to us today. They were, they were very curious to know what, as artists, we had discovered. And this should be happening more, getting together and, and talking and, and make decisions on what this world's going to be like. So on, on the note of uh, uh, celebrating uh, intelligent fear, um, I want to thank you very much for your time and for your performance this evening and to Max for your work. And we're delighted to have you here. Thank you, Linda. Thank mm -hmm. you.